yeah, I remember you saying you were four wing five, but I was just saying, I don't know if I see that for you. What's a four wing five again? <laughs> yeah, but it means nine. Uh, <laughs> somebody who's really reserved, uh, spends all their time like emo and in their emotions, like big artist <clears throat> spirit, thinks that they're special. <laughs> Is it? Wait, dude, you just sound like an, an anime anti-hero. Yeah, exactly, an anime anti-hero. <laughs> hey, y'all, welcome back to another episode of Nuance Nonsense. Um, we're not experts, but we just like talking. This is your co-host, Alex. And your other co-host, Ben. And today I brought on two of my friends and co-workers, Cindy and Caroline. Hello, I'm Cindy. I'm Caroline. <laughs> Would you guys like to give your elevator pitches? <laughs> <laughs> you said you were going to introduce us. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I kind of work with them. Work is like a very loose term here because we're just like TAs for social dance class at UT together. And it prematurely ended because of coronavirus. But hey, still technically co-workers because we work together. You're the only one who uses that term. Just letting everyone know. <laughs> then, wait, wait, then what would you call us? Friends. Friends. <laughs> I said coworkers and friends. Do I really thought that coworkers was something like all CAs use? So that Ben is the, <laughs> the only one that, that calls him coworkers. Yeah, he he made it a thing. So. He made it a thing, so it caught on with the group. It actually did. A lot of his phrases catch on, like, like big good. brain, good. Oh, <laughs> you're toxic. <laughs> and scammer yeah that too <laughs> Dude, i'm glad to hear a co-host is a is a man of influence <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so we typically ask this question to start off is it softball so how have your guys college experiences been like any highs any lows things you're proud of things you regret <laughs> cindy's pointing at me <laughs> I, mean, I think my college experience was pretty like upwardly linear um so the worst part was probably just freshman year coming in being confused not knowing what to do I just kind of like stuck with high school stuff like high school friends high school hobbies um and I think it just got better as I grew over time and like found new hobbies like social dance and co-workers and fun stuff <laughs> and I really think like senior year right before we all cut off was like the best time in my college experience which is really good oh, good um for me I wouldn't say mine went up linearly. <laughs> I think mine was uh, kind of like a sine function. It went up and down, up and down. <laughs> but, but it stayed pretty, I guess, low because I focused primarily a lot on school and that really prevented me from experiencing like social life or anything like that, which I um, realized coming up into senior year because then senior year um, was the time where I actually um, found the true value, you know, in friendships and creating memories rather than just simple numbers on a piece of paper. So um, that was mine. I mean, it, the highlights were just senior year. But other than that, I would advise anyone listening who is entering college to really, <laughs> grades, are, grades don't matter that much. <laughs> so yeah, that's all I needed to say. <laughs> Yeah, a way that someone told me to think about grades is like, it's like a, it opens doors for you, but like there's a lot of other ways to open the door. Like you yeah. don't have to just use your hand, like you can open with a foot, your elbow, like there's a lot of different ways to open the same door. Your face. 
Dude, one time my dad said that he was like he's like during coronavirus he's like don't don't or like right before coronavirus happened or like the quarantine happened he was like don't open doors of your hands open up your foot or like <laughs> your head i was like dad do you want me to be bullied and as a college student <laughs> <laughs> wait i remember this alex like when he got that text i was in his room at the time and he was, and then he was like what am i supposed to do like open it with my elbows <laughs> and butt yeah i was I was like, it's a, creative, it's a creative way to open a door. Who knows? It can give you a lot more opportunities then. What if it's a push door? The butt. Or what if it's a pool door? Dude, use the, the force. <laughs> the real thing is, okay, so when you go to like a public restroom and it's a pool door, how do you open it? Like, and you just wash your hands. I hold a piece of towel, like piece of paper towel, and then I open it. I just kind of go for it, man. Like, you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you got to live your life. <laughs> He's like, this This is one second of your life. Got to move on. Exactly. Yeah, but like you freshly <laughs> wash your hands. Uh, I mean, if this is the time that I go, this is the time that I go. Ease, what it is. If I get taken out by a bathroom door, that's just my fate, right? <laughs> <laughs> kind of a morbid mentality, but okay. <laughs> Did you have the same mentality as that one guy that got famous on the news for the coronavirus? He's like, if I get it, I get it. <laughs> I I did. Dude, that guy looked like he had coronavirus when he was speaking. Dude, <laughs> he was actually like Florida man. <laughs> yeah. Dude, rep repping the beaches real well. Wait, dude, I love Florida man articles. Okay, so the other day when we were prepping for this, I was telling them about Florida man articles. And this is the first time mentioning it on the podcast, but I love following Florida man articles. And Caroline brought up like a very interesting point. Apparently, Florida has like less strict news laws, so they can report on this. Yeah, it's like personal information for non-public figures. There's a lot less protection um, in Florida for them, so they can just post random articles about people who aren't in the public consciousness who do dumb stuff. Wait, so does that mean like it like does this get posted on like really big news channels, or is it just like random stuff? I bet they're just local news, probably, right? I don't know. Don't have anything better to write about? <laughs> yeah. Like, if you read, like, the Daily Mail, you know? The Daily Mail is a tabloid. <laughs> it's fitting that it will post that type of stuff. <laughs> Isn't it also British? Yeah. So. Actually, are, are most tabloids British? Do I know any American tabloids? Let's look, let's look this up. Okay, I don't particularly read tabloids. No, I feel like tabloids are like a like a like a bored housewife pastime. <laughs> Maybe it's like a Karen thing to do. <laughs> Karen or just a Karen? No, 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 like do you know what I'm talking about? How like the the meme nowadays is like Karens are like because they're like yeah. <clears throat> oh my god, I see a blue jay on my roof. Blue jays are so common here. Really? Yeah. Blue. Wait, what's the, is that the state bird of Texas? I don't. Do we have a state bird? I bet it's like a woodpecker or something boring like that. A woodpecker. <laughs> but I've been seeing so many birds everywhere. Oh, yeah. The northern mockingbird is the state bird of Texas. I was close. <laughs> 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 But yeah. Anyway. Are the red ones? 
called Red Robins or is that just the fast food chain? Cardinals? Or like there's just Robins who have red bellies? Okay, so the the fast food is not <laughs> it's not the name of the bird, right? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> Good, we're learning. Yeah. Learning about birds. That okay, I was just so about. stunned. It just like landed on like you know the 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 rain catcher on like the roof. Yeah. yeah landed on that and started looking for something. Is it still there? No, it left. Oh. My friend tells me that this bird social media site that all avid bird watchers use. So they would post bird sightings like that. You could oh, alert the entire world of Plano. Mm. Anyway, so to the actual topic of this podcast, <laughs> um, it was nice learning about birds a bit. Yeah, I guess I kind of... Are you okay, Cindy? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Ooh, you guys were supposed to see that. <laughs> well, um, yeah, kind of speaking about college and, like, how it's ended so soon, how would y'all... Like, what are your thoughts on, like, community throughout college and, like, how it kind of differed um, before, maybe in, like, high school or middle school? Yeah, so, like, what I was saying, when I first got into college... I didn't really value branching out in my community very much. I think it was just like new environment. You're just kind of sticking to what you already know. And like going to Plano West, UT is just like Plano West 2.0. Woohoo. So it was really <laughs> my comfort zone for sure. Um, but I think gradually throughout college, it's been discovering new types of people um, who are different from myself. And yeah, gradually valuing friendships more and more, learning more about like communicating with people. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would agree. I think in high school is very comfortable, like the relationships were very comfortable and the friendships were very convenient. But in college, I really liked the fact that I was able to really pick and choose who my friends were because there was such a variety of people in college. So, yeah. yeah. Do you feel like your friend group has changed a lot throughout college? I feel like... For me, like, I had, like, a friend group that I, like, went into college with, and then I got one, and I, I didn't feel like the groups changed, or rather, I just got more groups. That's true. Does that make sense? Oh, Ben got popular. Okay. What <laughs> Okay. What a humble little brag. Uh. Oh, my. What the? I, I feel like for me... Um, I feel like my friend group was mostly the same throughout college. I didn't really have a friend group or I didn't, I didn't really have like, I didn't really hang out with like anyone really freshman year. Um, I think I was still trying to figure out like what community looks like. Cause a lot of my high school friends didn't come to, or yeah, a lot of my high school friends didn't come to UT. Um, and the people I did know who came to UT, I, I didn't really like them. So um, I was uh, I was basically alone, so um, I was just trying to figure it out freshman year. I guess sophomore, junior, senior year was, I guess me trying to, I guess understand what a friend group looks like. Because in a lot of ways, um, like, I guess I could call the people I hung out with my friend group as in like I was associated with them. But um, I feel like I only really saw them like at like ministry events, um, or like, um. Like if they're like classmates like at school events so like for me i guess like it was mostly me trying to like deepen my relationship with them and 
yeah i don't think i've really met i don't think i've really like had in like other friends come in like i guess some of ben's friends like i would randomly see and i like be like oh like y'all pretty cool but other than that um yeah it would kind of just be like random meetings but i didn't really have like a specific like friend group that was like attached like kind of like what ben did Mm. Yeah, I think I feel like after <laughs> you and I met, I just ran into you a lot on campus. Mm. There was like that several several times we saw each other at Zach and we'd be like, oh my gosh, hi. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> what a coincidence. Also, okay, wait, so so what happened for me, I feel like there's like a distinct turning point in my life where I realized like like the importance of friendship in my life, like went from like here and then there was like a drastic increase. Do you guys feel like that happened to you guys or? Yeah, I mean, back in high school, I don't think I had a very realistic conception of what friendship was. Like I had this conception that, ah, friends are just people who like live every day and kind of talk about stuff. But then I've like told some of y'all this, but like when I would watch TV shows or read fiction and like read all these things about people sharing their deepest feelings with their friends and like their vulnerabilities and things they were going through. I was just like, that's fiction. That doesn't happen in real life. Really late start in development on figuring out um, what friendship should look like. And that started building really throughout college, like learning how to be more vulnerable with people that I meet and like opening myself up little by little and figuring out what like true and close friendship actually looks like. Mm. How, how do y'all define close friendship? Cause it can be different for everybody. Mm. Um, whenever we're prepping, I think Ben brought up a good point. And it's like, if you guys share the same sense of humor, I think that's a really, really important factor and becoming close friends because if you guys can roast each other easily like you already know that the foundation is there you know <laughs> but mine um one that i shared oh, the other day was if i'm able to feel no judgment coming from them um when i share something with them so just basically vulnerability i think that's my most important um aspect in close friendship but yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think for me, it's like, um, it's like a combination of like what, like, I guess what everyone said, like yesterday, but like when we were prepping, um, like vulnerability, I definitely like, if I can't, you know, talk about my insecurities with them, then like, um, we will, we will not be close friends. But, <laughs> um, like, I don't think it's like not necessarily an indication to me, though, that like, we are close friends if we do something like that, because like, I can't be vulnerable. Um, with people I'm not close with mm. um, I think some sort of like regular correspondence like not like every day we talk but like you know someone like I I kind of know we can kind of like you know catch up or like I kind of know we kind of know what's going on in each other's lives yeah yeah I think there's a comfort so like I was saying if you feel comfortable just reaching out to them out of the blue with a random thought that you had like if you don't feel like you have to think through the things that you say with them. To me, that's a close friend. Somebody I could just text some stupid thought I had in the day. Mm. <laughs> well, this so prior to this. <laughs> <laughs> don't expose me like this. Caroline and, Caroline and Cindy were like, they're like, dude, I feel like my toilet's not working. And <laughs> I feel like it's not that hard to fix. And then Cindy was like, dude, you can fix it with ramen. I was like, what the fuck? 
Maybe you can fix it with like, Dude, it must be haunted. I was like, you guys are <laughs> so hard. <laughs> yes, these are the type of conversations I would like with my friends, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it keeps it light and fun. And it real. <laughs> you. Yeah. real thoughts that people have. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, another thing is I, I found my, my closest friends uh, whenever I went to study abroad in Australia. I think these were the first group of people I've ever met where I was able to be 100% myself completely around. And like, yeah, I don't really have that here in the United States <laughs> or in Austin in general. And so I, I guess that is also another um, reason or another factor of what I consider a close friend is. Yeah, to like, I'm not afraid to be who I am with them. Yeah. Wait, what is, what do you mean by like 100% yourself? Like, I'm just curious what that means. <laughs> I guess I'll give you an example. I mean, I'm very extra and like, I can be very, very crazy. And there are some people here that if I do act that way, I can feel them, you know, wanting to get further from me. Like, oh, I just, I wouldn't be friends with her. But the friends I made in Australia, they just like understood me and they supported it. And they, uh, they were also like always constantly wanting me to just grow as a person and just like encouraging me to even like, be crazier you know, or be even louder than I am. Because, you know, like, I think Caroline and Ben both know that I'm very loud. <laughs> I'm a very loud person. There are some people who get really, um, I guess, uncomfortable with it. But I guess, yeah, the friends I made in Australia, they were like, just be louder. Like, who cares um, what other people think? And that's, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's so awesome. Love that. It really is. Like, I, I miss them so much every time I think about them. <laughs> but yeah, that's really sweet. Um, were they all from like different countries in the world? Were they like, like from Australia? Oh, it's funny that I met a group of four girls and they all were from Cornell. So they came together and then we conveniently, like all five of us, we signed up to go to surf camp together. And then as we we're all running out, trying to catch the bus to make it to surf camp, we all ran into each other in the elevator. And then that's whenever we all became friends and we stuck together for the rest of the study abroad trip. And yeah, and like, I just think about it now, I'm like, wow, if I was just a second late, like I probably wouldn't have met them. And if they were second late, I probably wouldn't have met them. So I think it was fate that we met. <laughs> Wait, so these are from Cornell? Mm-hmm, they're from Cornell. Okay. And like, we all studied very different fields too. So whenever we're getting, getting to know each other, I think we all learned um, just like, general knowledge about each field. Like, I don't really like politics, but a lot of them were in politics. So like, they would educate me on a few things. And I think that, that was what really, uh, I guess, what am I trying to say? I, this is why like, I specifically valued the friendship because we had different interests that we were, that we were able to share with, e with each other without like judging one another. Like, oh, why are you not into politics? Like, what is wrong with you, you know? And so the people I met were very understanding, which, yeah, I really like. Yeah. I think that is a really good foundation for friendship if you are very different from one another because then there's a lot to share, right? There's a lot to understand and a lot to discover, which can be really good. Like one of my super close friends, we became really, really good friends because we are super different. Like we have very few of the same interests. I don't think he's funny. He doesn't think I'm funny. But we had to explain a lot to each other over the years. And I think that's the foundation for a lot of our conversations. And yeah, it's like because we've had to learn how to understand one another and work so hard to develop that friendship, we're really close now.
Ooh, I was going to bring this up when Cindy uh, talked about the elevator thing, but what do you guys think about like serendipitous like meetings? Like I, I feel like I share a very similar experience as Cindy in like my freshman year, like a lot of very lucky circumstances happened. And then I met my like freshman year, like friend group. Mm -hmm. I felt like if things turned out, if things had played out like slightly differently, everything would be different. Right. And that's just like, it's chalked up to like just how lucky you are sometimes, you know? And so it's like, what is your views on that? Oh, I mean, I think it's just the hand of God. It, like makes perfect sense in my worldview that these little coincidences and things would happen. Cause I look yeah. back over my life and I see a ton of like random strings of coincidences that lead me to really important places in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, <laughs> I would say that before I went to Australia, I was in a relationship and then in that relationship and even prior to that, I really, didn't have strong relationships with girls, you know, like they were there and, you know, we would hang out every now and then, but like I had never formed a deep connection with any of them. And so when I did go to Australia and I met these group of girls and I was able to form really, really deep and meaningful connections with them, I think that was, it wasn't a coincidence, but I think it was like meant to be. That like this is what and like I I feel like I had to go through the relationship <laughs> and break up and all that to experience what a real girl friendship is like you know and then like since then I have vowed go like girl friendships over everything not everything but like majority of things you know and it's like girl friendships we they rock <laughs> mm. <laughs> we rock a lot <laughs> that's all I have to say can confirm amazing yeah honestly. Wait. No offense to you guys, but they are <laughs> like okay. But like, <laughs> wait, this reminds me of something. But like, how do you feel about like okay? Like, have you ever heard of a situation where like a girl is like, I cannot be friends with girls, or it's like a girl's like, I can only be friends with girls, or like inverse, right? With like guys, like oh, I can only be friends with girls, or I can only be friends with guys. Like, what do you think of like that type of scenario? I think it's overly stereotypical. <laughs> Like, you can't classify, like, all girls into one category and all guys into one category. Like, you have people that you get along super well with, and you just kind of have to find them. I don't know. If I'm gonna, I don't know if this is rude or not, but I feel like with girls who do say, oh, I can only be friends with guys, I think it's because they're the problem. <laughs> <laughs> not all girls are the same. That's, that's what, right? What about, like, right? what about them do you think makes them the problem? They are judgmental of other girls. I think that's one. And like, they're not really, I guess, an advocate for women because we women are very great. Guys are very great also, but like women are also great. You know, so I really don't think they should um, restrict themselves to a certain gender, you know, as their friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess I could see that. Like maybe in those circumstances, like I feel like lots of people or lots of judgment comes from personal insecurity. Mm -hmm. um so it could be that those girls are putting a lot of pressure on themselves to be a certain way and so they're extra judgmental when they don't see those same characteristics and like the friends that they want to have mm. how about how about how about we how about like the inverse when like people are like kind of the idea when people talk about like can guys and girls be friends so then like you have people who are just like like girls are only friends with girls guys are only friends with guys if you see like a guy and girl friendship you sometimes people will be like oh, clearly, like, something is going on right there, or, like, I don't believe, like, the guy has, is, like, only there just to be friends, stuff like that. Like, what are your, your thoughts on that subject matter? I guess, like, do you think guys and girls can, like, truly be friends? 
I've never understood that mentality because I've always had a lot of friends who are guys and friends who are girls and it's been fine. Um, I've heard that a couple of times, but I think it's just from people who are raised super traditionally. Mm. Like maybe people who have very conservative families um, might have that mindset. They're like, oh, if a guy and a girl are friends, there's got to be something more because like a man and a woman, the only purpose is marriage. Like something like that. I don't know. Mm. But I've never heard it explained to me in a way that ever made sense. Yeah, I think it just depends on the person. But Ben, you go, you go. Okay, to give a little bit more clarification to that, like uh, one, one time one of my friends was telling me, like she was saying a guy and a girl can never be like close friends or like best friends because then she was, she claimed that like feelings get involved when you're like, you're that intimate with each other. And so it's like crossing that boundary of like very, very tight friendship is like something that shouldn't happen between like people who could be potentially interested in each other. Okay. Like yeah, you I are heterosexual and it's like, then you have like a also heteronormative like friend, like they claim that you shouldn't like be really, really close to them. I think that can happen in a lot of really close girl guy friendships. Um, but I think that's not necessarily a problem as long as like a good friendship has to have good communication, right? And if um, like one person catches feelings and the other person like doesn't feel the same way, if you talk it through and like work through that, you can still be friends after. Like I've had that happen to me. Um, and yeah, I don't think having feelings one way or another is something that breaks a friendship. Like I feel like friendship should be stronger than that. Like what one person wants and what the other person wants. Like you compromise through what each person thinks and work through that. Hmm. Good way to think about it. Um, with what Ben said, I used to think that way. Are you, I, and whenever you're talking about it, I wasn't sure if you're if I was the girlfriend that you were talking about. <laughs> oh no 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 no. Because um, I swear I probably I feel like I would have told you that before um but I used to think that way but now I really think that it, it just depends on the person and like combining what Caroline said as well it's just if you're mature about it you know like and if one person does develop feelings for another person they can just like talk it out and then be adults about it and like still remain friends if need to be yeah if, yeah that made sense <laughs> I mean that's not to say it's not hard like for sure it is and then sometimes like one person might need space from another person. There might need like breaks from the friendship to figure out how to reorient and get everything back onto a track that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if you work through it, like things can work out for sure. Yeah. And girls and guys, I think definitely they can be friends, close friends too. They could have like a brother and sister relationship, you know, you just never know. Yeah. I don't think there's any rule that you like you have to be attracted to someone right like yeah just because you're close to them then that would be like attracted to you guys right <laughs> I feel like like the issue arises though like I don't personally think that they can't be friends like I'm of the mindset that they can but I can understand why people think that the way they do because like if you're really really close to someone it feels like you you like know them like on a like a, a, a lot deeper level you know intimate level the attraction could be like pretty easy because you already have like all the quote unquote check boxes filled, right? Mm. Yeah, I guess like kind of speaking into like that like confusion, like like how would y'all like know, like kind of separate or categorize the difference between like a close friend and like like a romantic interest, right? Since like there seems to be a lot of overlapping confusion between the two. Yeah, I mean, 
<laughs> speaking as somebody with no romantic experience. Actually, <laughs> 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 I feel like the difference is just like we were talking about like what love and relationships entailed the other day. And I really feel like it's a matter of choice and commitment. Like it's for me being in a relationship with somebody like the ultimate ends or goal of dating at all is marriage eventually. Like not like I would just date somebody and be like, we have to get married or anything like that. But a relationship has to be building towards like a commitment towards one another where you commit to sharing your entire life and like sharing everything about yourself and like sacrificing and compromising no matter what happens. And I feel like a friendship just doesn't have those same um, like boundaries or parameters around it. So it's a matter of like the choices that you make in day-to-day life, like who you choose to invest time with, who you choose to spend time with and who you choose to share things with. And that would be the difference to me between like a friendship and a relationship. It's like how much I'm going to invest in that person. And if you like make that choice to invest in that person in that way. Yeah, and I, uh, the difference for me with, between a per- partner I am romantic with versus a, just a close friend, the person I am romantic with, I would sacrifice a lot more for them than I would for a close friend. Um, overall, that's basically what it is. <laughs> I don't know if you guys wanted me to go like into detail or anything, but that is one. For sure. Mm. And I mean, there's the element of like attraction too, right? Like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And there are guys that I'm close to, I'm like very, very close to, that I'm not attracted to at all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those can definitely be done. Yeah, but I think there's also variation there. It's like, I guess some people might be more easily attracted to other people versus like mm-hmm. other people like, might have a harder time finding somebody they are attracted to. And so varies per person what their guidelines might be. Have Alex? You personally. Oh. oh, no, no, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever personally dealt with this situation? What do you mean? Like what situation? Like where a close guy friend is like becomes attracted to you, but you are not attracted to them. Oh, for sure. Like one of my best friends right now, um, we had a bit of a rocky friendship early on, like late high school and early freshman year because he had feelings for me and I didn't have feelings for him. And because I didn't know at the time, it felt like he was putting a lot of expectations and burden on the friendship that I didn't think, like, should exist for just a friendship. And it was, like, many months of kind of constant communication and, like, fighting and a bit of strife, honestly. But it came to a head when we did have, like, communication. He eventually told me how he felt, and we were able to talk through it and work through it. And now he's still one of my closest friends, and our friendship is super strong because of it. Um, and so like from my perspective it was absolutely worth it to have like those difficult moments just because his friendship like he's somebody I value a lot in my life and I'm really glad that he's in it um we had to work to get there but yeah. sure Good. what what uh, advice would you give to like I guess girls or guys who are kind of in that same situation um where like their friend um like has feelings for them but like you don't or they don't and then like um, like, I guess they have the DTR and it doesn't, um, and then they're like, okay, I'm not interested in you, but like the friendship seems like it might like end or fall apart. Um, cause I guess like, and like what you said, like you were able to, I guess y'all's re- friendship was able to like come out stronger, but, um, I guess talking to some people, I know like a lot of times, like the friendship kind of just ends like right there and then like, yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think it is a very real choice that you have to make. Like for in the case of me and my friend, we were really good friends first. And we had that foundation of friendship after which she developed feelings and then um, like stuff started getting harder. And so when things were hard, I we still wanted to work on that friendship because we had foundation already and we knew that we were salvaging like a really good thing by working through our friendship in that way. But I could totally understand um, somebody like maybe they don't have as strong of a friendship and or strong of a foundation of friendship. Maybe like the friendship just started because like one person was interested in the other person and there never was like that strong foundation to begin with. I think in that scenario, it could make a lot of sense to just be like, oh, since my feelings weren't reciprocated, it hurts too much. Like I would rather just cut this where it is and like leave and resolve things in a healthy way on my own. And I think that's perfectly valid too. But I think it's just a choice that you have to make like looking at the friendship is there something there that you think is really valuable to save and are you willing to do the work to make that happen um and if that's the case then yeah working through that together can be super meaningful but i think it's also really healthy to to acknowledge like no it's not something that i want to put myself through and i think it would be healthier to just part ways mm-hmm. yeah that's pretty... yeah that answered my question for sure yeah there <laughs> like at the end of the day like it kind of has to be like both parties want it and like i guess if one party doesn't want it or like they're too like they just if it's better for them to like i guess move on like i guess as much as it sucks like mm-hmm. i guess like it is what it is yeah um, it just wasn't meant to be and that's okay yeah. <laughs> i feel like in that scenario too the person with the feelings probably should get preference because like they're the ones who are going to get hurt more yeah. mm-hmm. uh, depending on what happens I would probably defer to them. Not yeah. to say like the other person wouldn't get hurt if the friendship got cut off, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I guess uh, answering Cindy's question from way back, like, what are my thoughts on this? Um, um, yeah, I guess honestly, like, I guess that's still something like, like, I don't really know. Like, that's honestly like why I asked because I'm curious to see like what are y'all's different thoughts on it. Um, like, I do think there is a pretty thin line, but I guess part of it is, like, yeah, attraction. Like, um, I guess, like, there is a definitely a difference between, like, lust and love, but I guess, like, like, obviously, you wouldn't view a friend the same way, or you wouldn't desire a friend the same way as you would for, like, a romantic interest, and I think that's a really big point, but um, I guess, on the, I guess kind of agreeing with, like, Cindy is, like, there is some level of commitment that or a standard that you wouldn't expect like out of like a regular friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I wouldn't like say that you can't expect a high degree of commitment, but I guess like societally, like there does play a pretty big role in like what people generally expect out of friendships. And I think it's like, if you were to like move apart, um, like I think like it's typically normal or understandable to be like, okay, like that friendship has faded away. I feel like for like a romantic relationship, like you're usually expected to like still work in that, right? Because like that is the the partnership. It, yeah. Sometimes it doesn't, but yeah. To interject, I have after prepping yesterday, I have a I just have a, like a different concept of love. And so like I was like after hearing what Alex said, like I think that like that's all the more reason why friendship is like harder to keep up because like there are no obligations tying you down like if you're married to someone you are obligated by society and like 
certain like legal things to keep it up right like if you have a child together you must like raise it together or it's like something will happen to it there will be legal consequences right there'll be ramifications for like your misgivings however in a friendship the only ramification is like it's self-inflicted right like if if you feel like you're drifting apart and don't do anything about it the only person who's suffering is like you right or the friend too maybe and so like that's why i think it's like that's why like to let's just go into it like that's why i think that friendship love and like relationship love don't like differ they're like derivatives of the same source because they're they they both require commitment they both require effort to keep up and friendships don't have like obligations but you have like certain benefits of friendship that you won't get in like a partner like what like how do i describe this like because i think friendship is just like the foundation and then you just like build it up from there so yeah i'm really curious what you can get out of a friendship that you can't get out of a relationship like i think especially if you're in a long-term relationship you lose perspective like i think offer you like a like a very interesting perspective you would never otherwise like see and then it's like like for example whenever i see people get into like kind of hasty relationships i feel like they don't take the advice of their friends right and that's that's like when you lose sight of your friends and it's like when for me that would be like you don't love your friends as much as your significant other which is like the general case right but for me like i think it is possible for you to love your friend more than your significant other simply because it requires more effort and it's like it's not like you're shafting your partner it's just like you you see like a lot of inherent value in like what you created yeah i mean so you don't think that ends game like like i can see the scenario where like you're starting to date somebody new and you might like are still developing feelings for them you might not be in the phase of life where you do love them as much as you might love your best friend who you've been like together with for years and years but you don't think like end game like 40 years into marriage and like 45 years into this friendship you don't think there should be a scenario where you love your wife more than you love your best friend? No, no, no. I'm saying that like that scenario can exist. I'm just saying like in my worldview, there is a scenario where like you are 45 years into friendship and 40 years into marriage and you can love your friend more than you love your partner. Yeah, I guess I can see how it could exist, but should it? I, I argue that it should. <laughs> You do it first, and then, like, if I see it, I'll believe it. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I personally, like, live by my own philosophy. Like, I am single. (laughs) I'm telling your girlfriend. I'm going to tell your future girlfriend. (laughs) When Vinny's married, a speech at his wedding. (laughs) If you get a a girlfriend, you get married, um, do you think it's, like and she, and she doesn't like share that same belief like how how do you think like you and her are going to come to like a middle ground or like a compromise for that because i think in a lot of ways like even if you think that's true and she doesn't think that's true it could get very messy i like i've told this to alex before but i think like when you date someone you can't like or like personally i can't just date like wherever like whoever like i need some level of like philosophical like alignment like what you personally believe has to like align in some way like i can't just like date someone who like they everything that like i think they're against it right and like vice versa like i just can't see that reality because like i feel like if we don't share some inherent values then there's going to be 
conflict. Like it must happen because like you, you differ on like a very, very like basic level. And so like, I, I feel like I'm very picky because of that. That makes sense. How, how important is it to like y'all, like Cindy and Caroline for like, I guess your partner to align with your beliefs or background? Hmm. I mean, the most important thing for me, I think it's just like early in life, I never understood what the point of a relationship was. Like, I guess I was like, oh, I guess people like date and then they get married and they have children, like kind of maybe, but like why <laughs> marriage important? <laughs> I don't get it. Like what are you supposed to do when you date? I don't know. But I think it was Christianity that made uh, marriage make a lot of sense for me. The idea that um, marriage is meant to glorify God through a deeper relationship of love than you can get through just friendship with anybody. That it's like the ultimate commitment, like what God made with us um, to one another. And it's supposed to be a picture of that. And then I was like, oh, that is something that's really good to work for. And once you understand the piece of marriage, like for me, then the dating part makes sense. Like, oh, you're building up towards that commitment to getting to that state of marriage in a way that can glorify God. Um, so if somebody didn't share that same viewpoint as me about like what marriage and dating should be like, I just wouldn't understand how to be in a relationship with them. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Um, uh, I, did you ask how important is the philosophical alignment is for me, like between me and my partner? Yeah. I feel like that should be a requirement <laughs> into getting a relationship. If you don't, wouldn't that just be a friendship in general? Because you're not, like similar to what Karen was saying, you're not really building towards a goal if you're always having different opinions about every situation, you know, that you go through in life, right? So having that same um, mindset towards life or relationship, marriage or whatever, that will ultimately lead you to what you want in life. That was put very vaguely, but I hope you guys understood what I was trying to say. <laughs> it's like a partnership where like y'all are like kind of working together to like yeah. the goal and like- What about the business? From a business perspective, you know, have the same goal as mine. That's how business will succeed. There you go. <laughs> mm. I mean, like generally we all align here, which makes sense. Like if you ask anyone on paper, they would say, yeah, I want the person who I date to like align with like what I'm thinking, right? But like, if you look in reality, that's like far from the case, right? You find a lot of like relationships, they end up not being like, well, like they, they break down over time because they inherently differ on like their philosophies, right? And it's like a common thing, actually. Like, for example, like love languages, like that's just like a personification or like a representation of like, like your philosophy for like how you should spend your time with like love, right? But like, if that differs, that's already like one philosophical thing that's really important to each of you that differs. And it like, it just breaks down further and further from there. I think for a lot of people who I know get into relationships, well, at least for the girls, um, their main goal is to change the guy into having a similar mindset as they do. And I think that's like one problem with relationships. And that's the only reason why I think they would occur. But I think um, if you're getting into a relationship, you should get into the relationship for the sole reason that they share the same interests and like um, philosophical alignment as you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just because people do something like doesn't mean it's the ideal uh, yeah, because people espouse certain ideals and they don't necessarily live that out. Like, I think that's true of all of us for sure. 
And like the scenario Ben was talking about is definitely one of the possible scenarios. Like people realize that they're different in certain ways and they don't feel like um, they want to work through and um, fix aspects about themselves to make their relationship better. But there's definitely another scenario where you do work through those differences and you make compromises and figure out how you can change yourself to better meet your partner's needs. And that's probably like, that is the only way to make any relationship work. Cause I think there's no way that you're going to find somebody who perfectly aligns with all your values and um, all your personal ideas of like what you need in a partnership. And like, I don't know if you would even want that because I think you should want a partner that kind of challenges you and is different from you in some way. And so naturally, inevitably, there's going to be some form of conflict. It's just a matter of, are you willing to compromise and work and communicate through those and change to grow that relationship for the better or not? Speaking of which, this is something that just came to my head because it, it reminded me of a conversation I had with a friend. How much should you be willing to change for your partner? I think you should be willing to change a lot if it's for the better. Um, yeah. Yeah, but if it's like, if your partner wants you to change in a way that you don't feel like is good or like compromises your values in some way, I don't think that should be a thing. Like where do you personally draw the line? Because like, it, like you can't know in the moment whether it will be for the better long-term, right? Like it, you can't possibly predict like the outcome of a scenario. Like, okay, if I change my thought process from A to B, then it will like instantly be better or it will like long-term be better. It's, you can't, inst like you can't, you can model it. You can like, think about it, but you can't like for sure know. So like, where do you like put the line in the sand that like, hey, like, I'm willing to compromise this much, but past here is too much. I think we're going to need like examples for that because I think in my mind, it seems pretty easy to rationally be like, oh, this is something that I could change. Like something I know about myself is that I'm kind of overly argumentative and stubborn and I am really bad at admitting when I'm wrong. I could see how that would be really annoying to a partner. And if they brought that up with me, I'd be like, yeah, I should absolutely change that. Like, no question. <laughs> uh, but I can't, like, in my mind, it should be pretty easy to identify if something is something that you should change or not. Do you have an example of something where it might be an unreasonable? Un okay, so my, this is another thing that I constantly talk about is like, when a guy has friends that are girls, right? And they're in a heteronormative relationship right and it's like the question of jealousy like how much should you allow yourself to be dictated like I personally don't think you should just cut off all of your close friendships because like your partner wants you to like I think that is like crossing the boundary like I think like because like what I said earlier like friendships are like inherently difficult to start and maintain so you can't just like throw that all away just because like someone even your significant other says they want you to like I don't like it, it just doesn't like equal out in my opinion yeah I absolutely agree with that like I think it's completely unfair of a significant other to ask you to cut off your friendships and that shouldn't be something that they should ask but I mean at the same time I think there's a matter of understanding the uh ask behind what your partner is saying like that probably just means that they feel insecure about their relationship with you which means that you should be more affirming um to them that you care for them and that you do love them um even if uh even if you do have these friendships with other people and that's something that you can improve on um like it doesn't have to be like the direct ask but like how you can change yourself in a way that makes them feel more comfortable is something that's important yeah or um if 
you want to determine whether or not some like what your partner asks of you is um right or wrong I, I, easy like do a pro and con list overall if the pros outweigh the cons i see okay not always but like in general i see it will be a good thing so like if if a girl does ask you to get rid of all of your girlfriends um you like the cons of that is that you lose a lot of friendships um you are losing perspective on life um you're kind of just like uh the way that she's what she's asking you is very possessive and like she's kind of just restricting you from living your life right and like i think those are really really heavy cons and like if you think about the pros what are or there are other pros that she's just that she's just i don't know like you're her property now or something you know like that i don't even know if that would even be considered a pro but easy solution that's all i'm saying <laughs> two charts <laughs> obviously i'm like there's so many things wrong with what i'm saying but that's just one thing because I, I already agree a lot with what caroline said yeah i think the only thing that's difficult though is that it requires you to be like objective and like maybe willing to like be like oh there is a pro here right because i think a lot of times like when we disagree with something we very much want to like i don't say demonize the other person or but we're kind of like every single thing this person's saying is wrong and every single thing i'm saying is right and like i think it takes a lot for like a person to like be willing to be like it's like there's like nuance around here you know like there's there's like a gray area for sure yeah yeah that's why I think Cindy's advice makes absolute sense like mm -hmm. need help being objective for whether this is right or wrong put some structure on it like mm -hmm. make a t-chart do something that helps get t-chart <laughs> <laughs> and honestly it might even make the whole situation even you know like light now it's not so heavy anymore yeah you can like even talk it through with your partner just like, I'm feeling, and, like this uh, these reasons but like these are also what i'm feeling and like get their input make it a puzzle that you work through together instead of like a one person versus the other person fight or something so like to build on this more because it seems like it's unanimous that i'm wrong but <laughs> <laughs> but like to build on this more like I, I don't think this is like some like I'm like imagine this is not like just some surface level issue. This is like like fundamentally a problem with like the perspectives of both sides, right? Like for example, the girl in the relationship like sees it like she's insecure about the relationship, right? And then on the other hand, the guy is secure about the relationship. So it's like you can't easily just like talk it out and say, "Hey, I'm okay with it." It's like, why can't you be okay with it? Or like vice versa, like, I'm not okay with it. So why aren't you okay with it? And it's like, I feel like the conversations generally, like just from what I've heard, like they just tend to break down from there. Like, it's really hard to sort out these like. <laughs> All right, Cindy, you, you can. Yeah, yeah, go, go, go. <laughs> okay, so what I learned in my human sexuality class is that if someone isn't secure um, about themselves or secure, insecure about the relationship, it's never going to work out because um it's just it's it really comes back to that whole cliche saying that you must love yourself before you love anyone else because um if you are insecure there's always going to be a negative i guess a uh, perspective on everything you see you know like if your boyfriend's like walking out to go get groceries or something you're automatically going to think that he's going to go cheat on you or something you know like it's always going to set a negative mindset if the person is insecure so if that is the case I would advise to break up. 
and love you. <laughs> you know, fuck talking it up. You know what? That T shirt, fuck that shit. Break up. <laughs> no, right? Like, there's definitely different scenarios and kinds of relationships. And one prerequisite for a relationship where you can work things out is if both people are willing to commit and to change. Like, if that's not the case, then it makes sense. Y'all should break up. I like Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> I like you too, Cindy. <laughs> oh. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Didn't that just contradict what you said? <laughs> it doesn't contradict, though. They're two different scenarios. They are. They are. If the person is completely insecure, that just leaves no foundation to, like, work on anything. There's not a secure foundation, at least, to work on anything. But um, say that you both are secure within the relationship and, like, temporarily for a couple of days, the girl is feeling a little insecure just because the guy hadn't been, I don't know, giving up, giving her enough attention or anything. Then in that um, c- scenario, make a pro and con list. But yeah. Yes. Does that make we sense? We covered the spectrum. Does that make yeah. sense? <laughs> spectrum. Nice, nice. Wait, I guess kind of, like, um going back earlier than but like before you get into a relationship um because it sounds like you need to have some stuff that you worked on uh, on yourself as a person before it's like healthy to get into a relationship right like, what are some things that you think a person should have before um you think they're ready for a relationship like i guess obviously like being being secure in yourself or like you know like having trust is like one thing um i think confidence is one uh, the self-help book that I'm reading right now, <laughs> they mm. talk a lot about how some people try, like a lot of advice that um, other people give insecure people is to wake up every morning, look in the mirror and say that you're pretty, say that you do love yourself. And I, if you really think about it, that's how you know for sure that you don't love yourself because someone who does love themselves doesn't have to say that. You know, I you love yourself. Someone who thinks that they're pretty doesn't have to convince themselves that it's doesn't have to convince themselves that they're pretty. Um, and so, yeah, the certain, I guess, prerequisites that you should reach or meet before you get into a relationship is just to simply have confidence in yourself and like be able to look in a mirror and not have to convince yourself that you are certain things that you want to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think the most important thing is believing that you're worthy of love. Like if you don't believe that you're worthy of love yourself. You're never going to believe that somebody else loves you. Um, mm. So that's very important. I guess also what we were going through with like the being able to like talk through things and work like things out. Um, some humility, I guess, the acknowledgement that you're not always right um, in every scenario, being willing to listen to somebody else and uh, that they might like want things or like know things that you don't necessarily agree with or um yeah in order to be willing to change you have to acknowledge that something other than yourself is right Mm. yeah i can definitely see how humility plays into that role honestly uh when you were saying about worthy of love comment that reminded me of um an anime i had to watch (laughs) (laughs) genesis evangelion and then basically the the main character he's very he's very insecure like not only does he have no romantic relationships, he doesn't have any close relationships, period. Because um, his dad abandoned him and his, and his mom died. So um, basically, he literally thinks he's unworthy of love. Nobody will ever love him. Mm-hmm. And then something like, because um, I, was, I was taking it from my anime class, but, um, something like the professor like 
pointed out and noticed that like he um he wants like unconditional love from other people but he's unwilling to give it himself so basically all his romantic relationships he expects like a maternal sort of role um and that like um, and this is actually pretty common in a lot of animes now too it's just that like like the girlfriend basically kind of acts like a mom so like she's like she does everything for him um she's always there for him her life revolves around him and but he doesn't have to like do any of that back and then I kind of thought I was like, dang, that's kind of a uh, prevalent in like a lot of like stuff like outside of anime too. Um, especially like before, like I realized that, like I would see on Twitter, people would be like, oh, like stop, like to all the girls out there, stop, like stop being a mom to your boyfriend. I was like, what does that mean? Like, who cares? But then now I was like, oh, they have a point. It, um, yeah, I think that's something like you said right there, like kind of reminded me about that phrase when I realized that like, a lot of times like like sometimes honestly like people may not really need to be in a relationship like they just need to like you know kind of balance out their other relationships like their friendships or like with like their family um because a lot of times like if you get into a relationship you kind of expect it to be like the holy grail and the thing that like fixes everything but it then like fosters a lot of like unhealthy expectations on like your partner instead yeah wow i love that anime does real mirror real life good or imitate life exactly. it isn't just made by some aliens it's made by people <laughs> <laughs> wait so i i still i don't know how to describe it like here here let's 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 change up the question how do you think like stubborn people like exist in relationships not well <laughs> because like <laughs> uh, like it, it is like a common trait to be stubborn mm, okay, wait. so before before we go on i think like there's like a there's like a little like i think both of you are approaching a different perspective because like i think then you're trying to say that like stubborn people can have healthy relationships is that what you're trying to ask yeah because like i feel like like I am pretty stubborn about this topic in and in general, but yeah. like, like I I don't feel like because like a lot of the times like it's I don't I wouldn't say like impossible, but it's like harder to compromise with someone who is stubborn. Mm. Okay, so like, I guess like right now like let's try to evaluate this based on like a stubborn person is having a healthy ideal relationship and not like a toxic relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Can it really be? Okay, no, sorry, we'll go on, we'll go on. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess compromise starts from somebody. I can imagine a scenario where somebody who's really stubborn could be in a relationship with somebody else who's like super understanding and sympathetic and maybe like their stubborn heart would be warmed by uh, their partner who is willing to like listen first and compromise and yeah, maybe the stubborn person will follow their example. Like, I could see that working out. Like, just because you're stubborn doesn't mean that uh, you don't have, you don't care for your partner as you, yeah. I mean, I think, like, any trait can be, works through and improved upon. Like, we're all imperfect people, right? Like, if any trait made it so that, like, you couldn't be in a healthy relationship, we'd all be screwed. 
there's just like degrees of working on yourself and working between two people that has to happen to overcome these imperfections. I'm not saying like there's like any person can be in a healthy relationship. They just have to be, they just have to grow into themselves in a way that's healthy and fulfilling. What if there are two people who are super stubborn in a relationship? Like it's both of them. It's not going to work. No way. Like yeah, yeah. You don't think there's like any way, any chance that it can be a healthy relationship? If they don't communicate, if they are too stubborn to see each other's viewpoints, no way. It's, it's hard for me to imagine. I've seen it before. They are quote unquote happy. Like, I don't know their status, but like, just in general, like, I, I don't see it working out. Like the, the more common scenario I see is like a stubborn person and a tolerant person are in a relationship together. And the tolerant person is just like, I don't want to say beta, but they just like, <laughs> like back down. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like you see a lot of these things. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I feel like a lot of my like philosophies try to incorporate these like scenarios that I see in real life because like I, I like I think it's like you have to incorporate like the the more realistic thing that happens more commonly in life. This is true. Experience based learning uh, versus conceptual uh, meandering that we're doing. <laughs> Like, I don't personally have such a wide social circle that I can clue into lots of other people's relationships and come out with conclusions. Like, everything I'm saying comes from, like, my self-help book. And <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> me too. Have been tested in real life? Like, no. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it could also be, like, phase of life that we're in. Because I imagine college age, adolescence, people are still figuring themselves out a lot. Um, which is probably why a lot of these relationships that you're observing probably are kind of falling apart just because we aren't at a place where we fully understand ourselves and that a lot of that happens in the rest of our lives that we have left to live um that's not to say that people won't learn how to be less stubborn and to communicate better later on like there's hope for them i'm sure it's just like right now we're we're going through it we're we're figuring ourselves out fair honestly like listening to this i was kind of thinking about like like, there's no such thing as an ideal relationship in the end, I guess. Like, I guess a lot of times it's like you're kind of striving towards a goal that, like, you may not be able to reach. But, like, you know, as you're going really close to that goal, like, you're able to grow a lot. Yeah, exactly. Good stuff happens. So, I think, yeah, I guess, like, you know, if you're a stubborn person, like, or you have, like, other flaws in your life, um, like, it's okay and that, like, you're – you can't really, you know, we don't want to like erase the person who you are, but I think um, as long as like you're able to, you know, be honest about that, like I think things will work out. It's like the Enneagram spectrums. Like everybody has their own base personality type, but there's like weaker versions of that type where most of your flaws come out, but there's also stronger versions of that type where you're more emotionally healthy. So it's not like you're different as a person. You're not being any less authentic to who you are whether you're on the weekend of the spectrum or the strong end but it's like how mature you are in who you are how much you've grown and what you're able to express dude speaking of the enneagram what are your types i don't remember <laughs> doesn't caroline remember. do you remember what I, wait, wait are you a four. five wing 
Because I was opposite of you, right? That's true, but I still don't, I don't, I still don't see it, Cindy. I think so. Type 4 was supposed to be, like, super reserved, and... My internet. Oh, no. Hello? Spectrum (laughs) curse. We're back. Hello? Hello? Oh, okay, I think we're good now. Yeah, I remember you saying you were four wing five, but I was just saying, I don't know if I see that for you. What's a four wing five again? <laughs> yeah, but it means just... nine. Uh, <laughs> Somebody who's really reserved, uh, spends all their time like emo and in their emotions, like big artist <clears throat> spirit, thinks that they're special. <laughs> Is it? Wait, dude, you just sound like an, an anime anti-hero. Yeah, exactly, an anime anti-hero. <laughs> I'm clearly not a fan of fours. Who said that? I'm not a fan of whatever you are either. Ooh. <laughs> Lisa Caroline wasn't a fan of fours from her description. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nine. Um, what is nine again? I think I might be nine wing one if I remember correctly. Uh, peacemaker. Nine is the peacemaker. They keep the peace, are able to really good at being objective and seeing um, two different sides in any argument. Um, yeah, very good yeah. mediators between friends. Oh, media. My, I know my, my, uh, my Myers-Brick is the mediator or whatever that one is. Yeah, that makes sense. And then you're probably a nine too. Mm-hmm. Nine is the most common type, I think. Good. Nice. <laughs> I was like, dang, I'm not special. Yeah, dude, you're not the edgy four, dude. <laughs> not, dude, you need to go on Reddit more and become more edgy. You need to go buy a fedora. Reddit, Reddit you need is to go order a katana from like Cold Steel or something. While while you were having fun, I was mastering the way of the blade. <laughs> <laughs> you see some neckbeard with like a katana. Wait, have you ever seen those where it's like they have like the super long sword? <laughs> no, what? It's like those like ones where it's like people who are like, it, like they're, they're trying to imitate weebs and it's like they have like a really long katana and they have like a trench coat and like a fedora and like a beard. <laughs> okay. Well, now you know. Yeah. <laughs> now you know, it's pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah, we are quickly approaching our uh, one hour time mark. So we're gonna start wrapping up and we'll wrap up with like a final question. Do you have like any plans for after quarantine's over? Start my job. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that exciting, but I mean, I feel like I have recently discovered upon writing my thesis that I think I really enjoy working with ideas uh, more so than I think industry would allow so i'm probably gonna study for the gre and lsats to prep for maybe some graduate school type maybe academia type thing so i think that's like a future that would suit me better but self-discovery we'll see nice yeah it is self-discovery for me too i think after quarantine i'm just gonna try to find a career that i just i want to that i see myself in i don't know I think uh, growing up, I'm not sure if my parents brainwashed me into thinking, you know, brainwashed me into like wanting to be in medicine or not. And that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like, do I really want to be in medicine or 
do my parents want me to be in medicine? And I think that's what I want too. So I, at that, at this current moment, that's what I'm trying to figure out. But that's it. <laughs> ben, you that's something you're kind of going through too, right? Yeah, I actually am. It's like a very similar dilemma. Like for me, I want my ideals to align with what I'm doing. So like when I applied in like, for me, I was like, am I applying for the right reasons? Like I need to like make it make sense to me first rather than like, oh, hey, this is some nice shiny gold star achievement. Like I want it to like mean something to me first. Yeah, yeah. I think y'all should- Do you think you're doing it for like the honor of being a doctor? Coming in? Do you think you're doing it because of like the, the title, like the honor that you'll receive as a doctor? Perhaps. like. For me, now that I've like thought it through more, like I want like I want the desire to like help people outweigh whatever like prestige, like money, just whatever. Like it needs to be like that for me. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Alex? What's the what's the plan here? My plan is to also work. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll just be working as a software engineer. And hopefully, uh, I won't, I won't die or get overworked or be too. This guy's a code monkey. No doubts about your chosen career path. Yeah. Well, there are doubts, but you know, I think right now I just want to get paid. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I want to do software engineering forever. Like that's definitely a real, uh, real, real concern, complaint, question. Um, I definitely think. Um, I remember because like it took me a while to get a job. Um. Like I got at the end of last semester. I guess that for some people that's like, oh, that's early. But um, compared, like I remember I was comparing myself a lot to like other people and it was something I was like really insecure about. And I was really considering like, okay, maybe uh, maybe I won't do anything related to programming because it seems like it's not meant to be. And I was like, I was like, what would I want to be into? Um, and I was I was also kind of thinking like, maybe go back to school for like. Um, like Asian American studies or something that's always been something like interesting to me or um, I don't know trying to do something like with like Asian American representation in media or stuff like that um, I don't really consider myself a creative person though but then I was like maybe I should challenge myself but then but then I got a job and then I stopped I stopped <laughs> oh the timing <laughs> yeah so the, uh, yeah. at least what? No, no, go. Oh, I said at least maybe like at least two years. I think I'll probably stick with this, but I'm definitely pretty open to doing something not tech related. Ah, well, I don't know if this will help you guys, but um, back to the book that I'm reading. Really, Mark Manson, like sponsor us. Anyway. <laughs> wait, wait, what was that book again? The solo. Uh, not giving a fuck. Well, my friend told me about that book. I heard that's pretty a good. good. Yeah. But he mentioned how if you are, I guess, just not, not happy in general, you should really figure out why. And the two steps to figuring out why is to really um, figure out what your value is and then see what metric you're measuring that value. So like, for example, if your value is to be pretty and the metric you're using um, to measure, what, to like figure out if you're pretty or not is by like comparing yourself to other girls you should really think about that 
and see if that's true. So like say that, oh, just because this other girl is prettier than I am, does that mean that I'm not pretty? And I think any person with rational thought can conclude that that is not true, right? Um, and so once I really thought about this, I was thinking that, oh, my value in life is to make, it's just like repay my parents, right? Um, have a career that will make them proud. And so, and by measuring like that value, I thought the only way to do that is to be in medicine. But then now I'm thinking about it, I'm like, just because I'm in medicine, does that mean that is the only way to make them proud? It is not. So that's why I'm having like this crisis dilemma. <laughs> I mean, this career dilemma that's like, ah, oh, maybe medicine isn't like, you know, the only path that can, I can like make them happy so you guys should think about that like if you ever i don't know thinking about a career or like changing careers or anything like that i thought that was very helpful i don't know if, we'll, if you guys will find it helpful but yeah yeah it definitely sounds pretty helpful i think introspecting is definitely very important and like you know deconstructing whatever what current views you have if it's like you know causing you to to go through something yeah but yeah um to wrap things up um, we are nuanced nonsense. Thank you for listening. We're not experts, but we just like talking. Signing out. Bye.